When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. If you're a regular listener, you know what's coming up first today. Clark stinks. Later, are you done with your holiday shopping yet? (laughs) You might think I've lost my mind that it's too early to shop, but there are some legit reasons why this year you want to start your Christmas shopping at least by now. And guess what? Speaking of Christmas... It's Christmas in October. For me, I'm giving away some cold, hard cash to help you shop this year. Go to ClarkDeals.com slash contest to enter. So, Clark.com slash Clark Stinks. It's where you go to let me know that advice or guidance I'm giving is lame, uh, not very smart, missing part of the story, whatever my opinions you feel are just out to lunch so you go there and post and then krista goes through posts on clark.com slash clark stinks and shares as many as she can with you on this podcast i should have never encouraged you to speak you must think i'm pretty stupid you should be ashamed of yourself well maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong maybe you're right pal Thank you for not saying my favorites this week. Okay. (laughs) Clark was talking about Social Security, and he said he had two years with zero reported income. I have four, but don't know where to find the records because they were so long ago. He said they will not affect him since he is more than 35 years, but it would if those amounts are higher than some of the other years because it takes the average. So his Social Security will be affected some with those zero years. Chris from Virginia. Chris, thank you. My years that uh, the income reported was wrong were long, long, long ago. And I had enough years with incomes that were higher than those years anyway. But something I neglected to say, and this is the Clark Stinks for me, Chris, is you can only look back, uh, gosh, memory serves me right, you can only correct back three years, which is why I want people to check their mysocialsecurity.gov account every other year to make sure that a year doesn't slip through with underreported income being posted by Social Security that would affect your income later. Uh, Just so you know, 
Setting up a MySocialSecurity.gov account is free, but it's up to you to go check that account, and almost nobody ever does, and ignorance in this case of what's going on with your records could cost you, and that's why the every other year, or if it's easier for you to remember every year on your birthday, go check your MySocialSecurity.gov. Okay, Clark, this topic generated more Clark Stinks than I can ever remember anyone generating. I'm going to read you two representative posts. First, Clark, I'm a big fan and have benefited greatly by your great work and advice. How can you criticize the Chinese Communist Party and at the same time be so excited about retinal scanning, facial recognition, fingerprint identification, and the experimental mRNA shot that is now proven to be more dangerous than COVID itself? I dare you to air this, Tony. Well, Tony, of course we would air this, and and yes, there is a direct conflict in what I've said, and that is technology exists, and it's all in how that technology is managed and handled, and in a dictatorship, and it's one that's becoming more extreme by the week, the Chinese uh, communist dictatorship, having the technology available to track and scan and everything else people it has the potential for great harm to individuals freedom and also their lives in a system as brutal as the Chinese communist dictatorship I do want to say to you that your statement about Moderna and Pfizer I respectfully disagree with you and these shots have saved the lives of millions of people and yes it is possible that someone could get a Moderna or Pfizer vaccine and have a bad reaction to it even a health problem from it but if you just look at the data from the recent huge outbreak of COVID from the Delta variant roughly 97 percent of hospitalizations have been people that are not vaccinated and roughly 99% of the deaths have been people who are not vaccinated. Any vaccine uh, will likely have some number of people who have an adverse effect from it. Hopefully, in the case of most, it will uh, heal over time. There will be occasional tragic stories that will occur with the vaccine, but the reality is we face a greater danger from the horrific and painful and brutal deaths that people have been suffering from coronavirus. And I know that just answering what you said, Tony, about how you talked about the Pfizer and Moderna is going to lead to uh, more angry posts. And if you are upset with me about this, please go to Clark.com slash Clark Stinks and you are free to post about what I've said about the vaccine. This is from Carrie in Idaho. She says, I was catching up on my podcast during my run this morning, giving my biometrics to companies. No way. I already give too much information to companies, but that is information about me. That's not me, which is what my biometrics are. Not a chance I give that to a company. Even if they say they have my best interests at heart, that's now, not later. And how could I ever get that back? Usually you're right on the money with your advice, but in this case, the risks far outweigh the benefits. 
Uh, Carrie, thank you for that. And so, Krista, this is part of the same theme yeah. we were just talking about. And uh, you had a, a ton of these, right? So many. It was uh, it was definitely in the 20s, okay. which is a lot for a, a lot course. Things for about the, one subject. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, thank you. And I appreciate what both of you are saying. And it is absolutely accurate with any company you sign up for, even not involving biometrics. If that company goes bankrupt, if it's purchased by someone else, the promises of what happens with your private information um, is unknown. It's what I think I've talked about. I don't know if I talked about it recently, but what goes on when you do these genetic tests with any of the companies doing genetics on you is they could change the terms of service, what happens with that information, who has access to it, and the rest. And that is a very concerning issue in terms of doing Ancestry.com or any of their competitors. And there were also several about this topic, which they all basically said exactly what Kevin here says. Clark recently said that if you're a large consumer of healthcare, that a high deductible HSA eligible plan is a bad choice. I have two disabled kids that get lots of therapy and the high deductible plan is great because once we hit the deductible, $5,000 or so, everything is covered 100%. These plans are a godsend for us. Kevin, you're completely correct that uh, that I did not address that when I was talking about the HSA eligible plans, that what triggers one of the elements of requirements, guidelines that triggers eligibility for something to be HSA eligible is that there is this cap on your out-of-pocket at that dollar limit that is your deductible. And it is true that if somebody has uh, very expensive medical bills, then an HSA that starts out with the exposure with high deductibles actually can end up uh, being a real benefit because after that deductible's met, as you said, you are completely covered. So that was an oversight when I talked about HSA eligible plans. Hey Clark, something stinks, though it might not be that pile of packages in your apartment building lobby. As an Amazon driver, I all too often see packages in apartment buildings strewn all over. It's not secure, it's very ugly, and just plain not necessary. Your building management can completely resolve the issue by getting an Amazon hub locker. When your package is delivered, it's put in one of the locker doors, then you come down at your leisure, scan the barcode with your phone, and the door will unlock and pop open, giving you your package, safe and secure. Jonathan. Jonathan, this is a great suggestion. I, I don't know if I told the story about uh, the apartment that my daughter lives in in Southern California, but when you come in the lobby to go to the elevator of her building, there are packages piled up everywhere. It's like everybody there gets every last thing in their lives by package delivery, not just from Amazon, but who knows who. And there are times that it's hard to get to the elevator because there are so many packages piled up. And so obviously any apartment or condominium being built these days should take into account how much of an issue package delivery is, how to keep them secure from being stolen in like a lobby, and how to make the distribution of them much less of a hassle and your suggestion of the hub lockers 
that I think many of us have seen these. If you ever go in a whole paycheck or other places that have like Kohl's, a lot of Kohl's will have these lockers for Amazon, that they are a great way to secure the items and deal with the clutter that would result otherwise. A mother called in about her son having about $60,000 in student loans from law school. The mother wanted to pay the loans for her son and have her son make interest-free payments back to her. Clark's answer stunk as he gave her the okay. He forgot to mention that the IRS could interpret this as a gift and to check their website for minimum interest that should be charged, that must be charged to family members. John. John, thank you. So, I was thinking of this in a different way, and that is the 15000 that any individual can forgive to any other individual each year, and the interest on those loans uh, that is foregone would be well below it. But the thing you mentioned is such a valid point, and that is that interest rates right now that the IRS requires for a family member lending or a friend lending money, which known as a non-arm's-length transaction, those interest rates are so unbelievably low, uh, somewhere 1% or so, that just having a stated interest at the IRS level is a way to be able to avoid any issues with the IRS on gifting. Stop treating credit unions better than banks. In my case, a military credit union decided to hold an insurance company check to protect me, in quotes. The insurance company didn't write a bad check. I've got written documentation that they violated their own policies. I'm now leaving them after being with them for three years. Everyone I know I tell my story to, signed an angry veteran. So credit unions are not automatically going to be, in every case, better than every bank. Um, There are credit unions that come up with member-unfriendly policies, and I want to thank you for your service to our country. It is uh, disturbing to me that a military credit union, and you didn't say which one, that a military credit union was mistreating you as a veteran, and I'm sorry for that. Generally, as a general rule, credit unions, because they're owned by their members, tend to be much more customer-friendly because they're owned by you than banks that are trying to generate as much profit as they can for their stockholders. So I'm I'm sorry that this credit union did not treat you right. I'm truly a Clark superfan. However, I have a concern. You often mention that one can become a medical tourist in order to save money on a medical procedure. My daughter is a medical doctor who practiced in San Diego, California. She explained to me that it was very common that the local hospitals often have to correct botched surgeries and secondary infections from people who cross the Mexican border to save money on medical procedures. Buyer beware. Sometimes you get what you pay for. Tim in California. Tim, I appreciate this, and, you know, I'm not a medical professional like your daughter, and I'm looking at it from the dollars and cents. There are procedures you can go through with medical tourism to vet the facility that you're going to. There's the Joint Commission that oversees uh, that a particular facility is meeting top standards for medical care and checking out a particular provider 
surgeon, dentist, whatever, is really important. And I know there are times that someone will go outside the United States for medical care, and they will have a, a problem with a procedure or a surgery. And I appreciate you bringing this forward as a possible problem. The reality is a lot of people who need procedures or surgeries that hurt their quality of life or could cost their lives don't get those surgeries or procedures because it's cost prohibitive. And for them, the benefit of going to a decent facility outside the United States outweighs, in my opinion, the potential risk in many cases. All right, so let's move to something lighter, Christmas shopping. But this year, your Christmas shopping needs to start in October. It's absolutely virtually a necessity this year, and I'm going to tell you why straight ahead. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must-not-take-yourself-too-seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So a lot of people don't even begin to think about Christmas shopping till mid-December. Overwhelmingly, people who are even really bargain-oriented aren't focused on it till mid-November. Last year was the first year that retailers launched Christmas shopping bargains for the whole month of November. Uh, You know, a few years ago, I talked about how Black Friday had become a week-long event after being so heavily concentrated on the Friday after Thanksgiving with the best deals of the year all concentrated in one intense day. And then that was really breaking down customer no-service-wise, and retailers started moving to Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then a lot of them started adding Thanksgiving Day. Then they went to that whole week a few years ago, And then by last year, it was the whole month of November. And that would have been where we would have been this year, except for all the shipping delays, production issues, and all the rest due to worldwide outbreaks of coronavirus. So a lot of factories 
in Asia that make a lot of the goods that we buy for Christmas have been working irregularly with large outbreaks of COVID. Vietnam was in the news recently because so many manufacturing facilities in Vietnam have had to shut down because of an unfortunate rise in the number of illnesses and deaths from COVID. And so the supply chains are disrupted. You may or may not have seen any of the videos or pictures of what's going on at the ports uh, in Los Angeles. So many of the goods come in containerized cargo from Asia, and they can't even get them all unloaded. And so there are big delays with that. And then so much of the Christmas shopping goods, the higher ticket items that are smaller, tend to come by air. But this year, because airlines have reduced so much of their service from the U.S. across the Pacific, there's not as much air cargo capacity available this year either. So in short, retailers don't know what they're going to have and when they're going to have it. So Target and Amazon have done something I think is really, really smart. Instead of holding back sales for the targeted weeks in November, Target this Sunday is starting their Christmas sale cycle. And there will be a bunch of deals this Sunday moving forward from Target. Amazon has started their discounts this week and rotating different items on sale each day. And so each morning when you get up, if you're an Amazon Prime member and you're into bargains or you like to buy things on impulse you really don't need, go to Amazon.com and look at their, are they calling them amazing deals? I forget what they're calling them. Let me look at the term Amazon's using. Uh, so Amazon is doing these special deals that are epic daily deals. That's not like the greatest marketing term I've ever heard of. But uh, like right now, they're showing deals half price on fossil watches, jewelry, leather stuff. And uh, they've got a bunch of categories divided out. Toys, of course, electronics, fashion. Um, the area that they're giving the biggest discounts or any of the Amazon-owned devices that they're trying to get in your hands so you'll buy more stuff from Amazon. And they are urging you, like, right on their home screen, they have a Christmas tree decorating the front page, and they're trying to get you to shop early, and this is going to be the story of this year. Because the truth is, Nobody knows what inventory is going to show up and what they're going to have in time for Christmas. I mean, gosh, if it were me, it would be a great year to just set a random date in February to celebrate your family Christmas. <laughs> Give time for stuff to show up in inventory that people might really want and you buy things on after Christmas clearance. I know that's a crazy idea. But it is going to be a very, very disruptive holiday season. And I was surprised to see that Walmart 
is not participating in any of this so far. Krista? Kate in Virginia has a shopping question. She says, my question relates to your beloved stores, Aldi, Lidl, and Costco. As a time-starved individual, I want to know where the best deals are. Can I assume, for instance, that anything I buy at Costco is a good deal or the best deal? Or should I always assume this about Aldi or Lidl? I know they all have good prices, but is there a hands-down a store that I should always buy everything from if possible? Or when you do your shopping, you get a few things at each place because no one place always has the best deal. I'm hoping your answer can help others to save time on their grocery shopping. So, Kate, time is the enemy of the cheapskate. (laughs) If you are going to be channeling your best Clark, you are going to be willing to inconvenience yourself to buy these things at Costco, these things at Sam's, these things at Aldi, these things at Lidl. And for those of you who live in much of the country where you have no idea what Lidl is, it's spelled L-I-D-L. It is Aldi's arch rival. They are both German-based companies. And Aldi came into the United States, I think, in the 1980s and now is the nation's third largest supermarket chain. Lidl has only more recently come to the United States, fell flat on its face coming along the eastern seaboard. They just didn't have the understanding of the U.S. consumer right at all. And now they seem to have gotten there better with it. Um, I was in the dental chair, though, a couple of weeks ago, and the dentist comes in, and, you know, you got the gauze in your mouth, and you're drooling and all that. It's a pretty (laughs) ugly picture, right? And she says, you know that place you talked about, that little or whatever it is that, and like through the gauze and little, and she says, I hate that place. Why did you waste my time telling me to go there? I will never set foot in that place. And when the gauze came out of my mouth, I said to her, you know why? Because you're not cheap enough. <laughs> you got to really love saving money. Because you got to understand the patterns about how you shop at these stores. And the reality is, is we recently had the contest over naming our new puppy. And the vote between Aldi and Costco, Costco won in that vote, the name chosen Kirkland Signature. The thing is, these stores all have their strengths and weaknesses. The interesting thing, though, about Aldi, Lidl, and Costco they all limit their SKUs, their um, stock keeping units, the number of items that they have in their stores. And that is the key to saving big money is where you limit the inventory so much you get more turnover of product, less spoilage of product, and you're able to obtain those products at a lower cost because either if you're sourcing them yourself or you're buying from a third party, you're doing such large production runs, you're able to drive the prices down. So Kate, I'm gonna frustrate you and tell you that I will not pick and choose among these favorite children. You have to decide for yourself. Josh in Colorado says, I'm moving my in-laws cross country into a condo that I own near us. I wanna remain their son-in-law and not their landlord. I'm giving them the condo at 50% rent market value. The condo is in an LLC and would like to figure out the best way to have them auto pay the rent directly to the business each month. 
They are older, 85 and 87, and hate change, or else I would have them open an account at my credit union. Any ideas how I could have them set up an auto pay to the LLC? So, Josh, wherever, uh, and first of all, you are a phenomenal son-in-law. A lot of people aren't thrilled about having their in-laws near them. You're moving them voluntarily to have them right by you, and you're giving them half-price rent. So what you do is whoever their their banking is with, you can set up for automatic bill pay or get your wife to help them with setting that up, and then it will come automatically each month. The other alternative is you can set up um, potentially an ACH where you are able to automatically debit each month from their account, either of these would be possible there used to be a landlord rent collection tool that did ACH for free and a lot of people loved using it and that is now up up and away it's gone so probably the easiest of all with any financial institution today offers some form of bill pay is that either you or your wife uh, set that up with your parents with her parents at their bank online and then the payments would come automatically to the LLC each month without having to worry if they're forgetful and don't pay the rent in a particular month. And I want to thank you for joining us. Please visit Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com for more money-saving advice you can trust.